Well, hey there, everybody. Um, I think the podcast actually sounds better if I don't have my headphones in, like my AirPods in, uh, which is seems weird to me, but I'm trying it out. So hopefully it does sound better. I, I thought maybe it was a little bit more clear when I was testing it. But anyway, um, I'm on my way to return some onions to Costco because I got a call that said they could have salmonella. So that sounds fantastic. Anyway, so I'm returning them so I can get my $4 back or whatever and uh, pick up some pepperoni, I think, for pizza. We always make pizza on Fridays. What else? Um, Got a pair of Chacos because I live in Utah now and uh, need to have some sort of sandal for that. And there's one more thing. Oh, some guy was carrying a like a load of rocks or some crap. His rock flew out of his trailer, hit my windshield, cracked it in half, so now I have to spend 350 bucks on a new windshield, so yay. Anyway, I wouldn't say this is by popular demand, but certainly by some demand. People wanted me to elaborate on my, uh, my thoughts on anger and uh, specifically how it relates to Christianity, so I'm gonna do that here in just a sec. All right, I'm back. Uh, got my onions returned. They were $8, so hey. Also, they didn't have my pepperoni, which is lame. But also good, because I don't really like eating meat. Like, it makes me feel weird, and also it's terrible for the environment, terrible terrible for your body. Uh, so I try not to eat it. And so that's a good thing, you know? I was also thinking of a couple other things that have nothing to do with what I wanted to talk about. But at the same time, I, maybe they do because it's my anger and we're talking about anger. I was just thinking about uh, how stupid it is that people are complaining about wearing masks. Just wear a mask. It's not that hard. But I can feel my breath. It's hot. Shut up. Like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. You're taking away my freedom. Your freedom to do what? To potentially kill people? Like, what, what kind of stupid freedom is that? I guess that's... The same people that are like, I need my guns to protect me against the military. If they come in my house, it's like, what are you going to do against the military, man? They, they got bombs. You have a freaking handgun. What? And the irony, I was telling Rachel how funny it is that these same people that are like, I need my guns to protect against the military are often the same people that are like, let's have a giant military. And yes, they do all have that accent. Yeah, it's just weird to me. Also, I love the idea of social distancing because I hate people being up in my grill. But it's just like extra worse now when I'm in line somewhere and somebody's like right against me. It's like, first off, you shouldn't be that close to me ever. in Like not even during a pandemic. But you definitely shouldn't be that close to me in a pandemic. Like get away. Like I don't want you close to me, you know. It's really weird. But yeah, so anger. Any- <laughs> anyway... Uh, I'm actually going to cut myself off again here in just a minute or two because Rachel wanted a peanut butter crumble cookie, so I got her one. And yes, I wore my mask. But here's the thing. We, um, Mormon people in general, and and I don't, I'm going to say Mormon people specifically, especially, because that's, you know, really where my expertise lies. Um, Mormon people just struggle with anger. They hate it. They're afraid of it. But they can't say that they hate it because that would be like a sin or something, you know. 
And I have so many thoughts on this. Um, the idea of anger being a sin, the idea of anger and contention being the same thing, the idea of not uh, feeling all of your emotions because only like happiness or joy or whatever you know is allowed. I think that's problematic. I think it's unhealthy from like a mental health side. I think it's not even accurate scripturally, um, as I showed on my Instagram post, which is why I'm doing this kind of extended uh, thought process on uh, on anger. So yeah, Mormons have problems with anger. They have problems talking about anger and, and not feeling anger. See, I, I truly believe that most people, including Mormon people, feel anger. They do. They, I, I just feel like maybe there's a, it's not allowed to be felt in Mormonism or it's, it's looked down upon if you feel anger in Mormonism. But it's human to feel emotion, emotion, especially anger. Anger is, a, uh, I think, what they call a secondary emotion, which is that anger usually is um, maybe covering another emotion. And I've had to do a lot of anger work because I'm a specialist, right? This is, this, is, uh, this is the thing. Like, this is my thing, and it's not a good thing. I, I've had anger for a long time in my life what led me to therapy both times actually. And, uh, the first time I went to LDS family services, which is an embarrassment to the therapy profession should be abolished. I think it's truly, um, unethical and, uh, and disgusting. Do not go there. And I can tell you why, uh, you know, and it may be a separate podcast or if you want to message me, but it is anyone that tries to force you to remain a religion uh, as a therapist without, without, uh, self-determination, without clients determining what they want and where they want to go. It's just at, that's at a minimum there's, but there's a lot of other problems with it. Um, so yeah, anger, I, I felt it there. I, I certainly felt it a lot as an athlete. I felt like anger is what, uh, fueled me. Uh, and, and again, not always in a good way. I've looking back and after doing a lot of you know, uh, what you call shadow work or looking at this aspect of your life, the dark parts of your life that are in the shadow. I've learned that anger, uh, wasn't always a, didn't always come from a healthy place. Um, in fact, most of the time it came from the idea of, of shame and feeling not good enough and not wanting to be embarrassed in front of people. Um, I certainly expressed anger and this is the thing. I think males in general are able to express anger more, um, not successfully. Well, yeah, successfully, but the word I'm looking for is more, um, it's more acceptable for men to express anger because it's not, it's not looked down on the way women are looked down on for being angry. So, uh, hold on. I'm dropping off a cookie. I'll be right back. I was thinking that it's funny how, uh, for you, it just feels really disjointed and Cause it's like one second after I, end, I pick back up, but I like done things, you know, like I've, you know, I've gone into a store, I've dropped off a cookie or whatever else. So that's interesting. Okay. Let's get down to business here. Uh, anger is not bad. Like it's really not, it's so demonized in Mormonism. And I, I think Mormons in general have a, a hard time with emotion other than this fake, saccharine like that's one of my favorite words by the way to describe mormon saccharine it's it means overly sweet like it it's it's too much now there i'm not saying there aren't 
Mormon people that are truly happy because there are, but it does, doesn't it feel like people know that you're supposed to be happy as a Mormon person. So you smile more than you actually feel like, does that make sense? Like you don't actually feel as happy as you're making it out to be. Again, I do believe that there's lots of happy Mormon people, lots of happy people generally, but I just don't, I think sometimes it's like, it's very toxic, which sounds so weird because it's like, well, they're smiling and happy, but it's not, it's not authentic, right? It's smiling and acting happy because you're told that Mormons have joy are the only ones that can feel joy, right? That's literally what Nelson has said, that only Mormon people can have joy. And so if you're not feeling happy, it's like you must be sinning or you must be doing something wrong. And so in order to avoid that appearance, like, no, I'm happy. I promise you like smile through all of your normal human emotions and they're demonized and vilified. And, and the one that I think is most vilified and most demonized, uh, I mean, other than sad, I mean, I, I think Mormons, it's acceptable for them to feel sad, but only for like a short period of time. Like, yeah, you lost your loved one, but the plan of happiness, like basically you have, you have a week to get over it. If you haven't, like you don't believe in Jesus enough. No one's actually said that, but that, it, it kind of feels that way to me. Anyway, but back to my point, I think the most demonized emotion, um, especially for Mormon women, but just generally is, is anger. And I believe that comes down to this idea of it being in scripture. And here's the irony of that. Uh, it's actually not really in scripture like it is, but it's not. So I'm thinking of a couple places in particular. Remember, I'm going off the top of my head just because that's what I do in this podcast. And, uh, I all, there's, I just pulled into art die park near where we live. And why are these weird kids wrestling? Like it's like a boy and a girl. I, I don't mind like physical contact. They just, it's like weird flirty wrestle. It's just strange. But the first one that I think of, and, and this is the big one that I'll go into depth a little bit more, um, in a sec, but it's, it's that idea of, uh, like contention is not of me, but is of the devil. Right. So then people take that to mean anger and then they make anger into this evil thing and you can't ever feel it. And if you do, then you're a bad person, blah, blah, blah. The second one is actually in, I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs. One of those two where it basically says like, do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. Um, which remember, I think it's Proverbs because Proverbs is a book of advice. And and by the way, Proverbs contradict themselves all the time. And I think that's the purpose. Like it's basically a book of rules, depending on the certain time. Uh, like at some points it's good to do that. And some points it's not good to do that. And so you take whatever you want. I think it also says like you can beat your kids in Proverbs. So don't, you see what I'm saying? Like you can't take it as well. It says it. So that's all of scripture by the way. But, um, anyway, this idea of like not going to bed angry, it's actually, uh, it could be fine advice, but I've learned from eight years of marriage. Now we just celebrated our eighth anniversary that that's actually terrible advice that sometimes what you need the most is just to reset and say, Hey, you know what? Like, let's just put this aside for now. We'll pick it up tomorrow. And then most of the time you'll wake up and you won't even remember what you were feeling the night before. So I, I just don't think that's good enough of a reason to, um, ignore, like 
your emotion. I just don't, I don't think that's, that's solid enough. So maybe I can, I, I just pulled in, I'm not driving, don't worry. Let me pull in uh, or pull up this little verse in Third Nephi. I was talking to a friend about the Book of Mormon being historical today and got some thoughts on that. But anyway, I won't share it now. So the verse, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hath the spirit of contention is not of me, but is of the devil. You know how I feel about that. Who is the father of contention? And he stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger, one with another. I think there's a clue in there, by the way. Contention, but then there's another time where it says anger. To contend with anger. Okay? This is a big deal. Contention is not anger. Contention is between people. Anger as an emotion. Right? Like, I can even pull up. The, the, the dictionary and I can look up contention which I'm doing right now it's it's a point advanced or maintained in a debate or argument it's a rivalry a competition an act or instance of contending uh, so and then you click on that word contend to strive or vie in contest to struggle so basically it's to fight Contention is fighting with one another, but anger is not demonized. So, and I also have some thoughts on fighting between each other because I think, you know, expressing different opinions and people having emotion and being, um, feeling passionate about things does not make it contentious. I truly think that contention is like, you know, you're about to punch somebody in the face. That's contention. Like when I was at Dodger stadium for the world series and this Red Sox fan said something back to me after we just gave up a home run and I paid a lot of money to see my team lose. And I was pissed and I wanted to get in a fight. That was contention. Right. But the, the thought of like, why is this person standing behind me? That's anger and anger is okay. And I I was thinking about this person at Costco who's just like right up in my grill. But the idea here is that contention drives people apart, right? And I have so many articles that I've saved in uh, my like little gospel library app on this that I'll just maybe link. I, I may not even alter it. I might just take it directly from my gospel library and put it in the show notes so you can read it. Uh, but there are so many thoughts here about the importance of anger, like the value of anger. In particular, there's one from NPR that I thought was so fantastic that just talked about how anger is necessary. And in order to move past anger, you have to name it. You can't just move past it and pretend it doesn't exist. You actually have to say, hey, I'm feeling angry right now, and then study, why do I feel angry? Why am I feeling this? I also love this quote that I included that said, beware of cultivating perpetual rage perpetual meaning continual and then rage different than anger there's so much to be angry about but your soul cannot bear the strain of perpetual rage rage i think that's interesting rage even for a long period of time is fine but perpetual meaning continued right i think that's so fascinating to me i think we should be paying attention to our anger in fact there's a a, another quote that i had saved in my uh, photos that i just loved where it says pay attention to your anger and your joy Your particular calling, like in life, is likely at that invitational intersection. That if you listen to your anger and to your joy, 
you'll know what your life's calling is. Because anger is a sign of something that you care about, that you feel deeply about, that you love deeply. William Blake said that opposition is true friendship, <laughs> which I love. This is how I, I, I've, like, I, maybe you know what the Enneagram is, maybe you don't, but I, I've taken it, you know, and, and, and studied it and done some things with it. And basically it's a, at a very high level, it's just like a personality typing thing, but it's a little bit more than that. But I'm an Enneagram 8, which uh, Richard Rohr has said is the need to be against. And Rachel knows this and hates it in a lot of ways that it's the, my love language is literally being like in opposition to people or things and, and not like in a hateful way. A lot of people will say like, oh, you're just so angry. And the truth is I'm actually not like, I actually feel pretty pleasant most of the time. Um, and you know, people might, it's hard to get your tone on, on an Instagram post in particular, but like if you actually talk to me or listen to me, I'm actually like pretty happy, but I also really like challenging people and, and not in a way to make them necessarily feel stupid, especially if you're somebody I care about because I'll learn and listen. But my way of learning and getting deeper levels of understanding is by pushing back and, and having people push back on me, you know, figuratively because I hate when people get close to me physically, especially during a pandemic. Um, but yeah, this idea, it's just so critical that we, we stop seeing anger as just being evil because it's not, I love this other quote, true compassion or love or whatever does not shy away from causing pain when necessary. Causing pain is not the same as causing harm. And then it invites to ask yourself, am I avoiding conflict and calling it compassion? Am I afraid to be honest because I might end up being disliked? Blah, 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 blah. It has to do the same thing with anger. Um, Jesus also, like I, I mentioned in the Instagram post, you know, he goes and, and I used to ignore this um, in the scriptures where I'd read it and I'd be so confused because, you know, God can't feel anger. At least that's the way that the, the leadership of the church make it out to be, right? That, that anger is not God. Like it's literally the opposite of God, that it's Satan that's anger and God is never angry. But then you read in the New Testament and you see Jesus, you know, throwing tables. And I don't know about you, man, but if like, have you ever th- flipped a table before? Like I've kicked water coolers at, at BYU when I was pitching. Like I've, I've done stuff like that. And I'll tell you, I mean, it doesn't have very much impact if you just like lightly flip over softly a table and then say, you have made my father's house a den of thieves. Like, they're going to be like, okay. And they're going to pick up their table. Like, you get what I'm saying? There was some emotion there. Like, he was human. And so, on top of that, I, I think it's important to know what he was uh, doing before. It wasn't reactionary anger. So, this was the key for me. Was understanding, yeah, you know, I think Jesus actually did get angry. But by the way, I I couldn't feel that until I allowed myself to say, maybe the prophets are wrong about this too, because they've been wrong about other things. So maybe it's this. And then, you know, then you start seeing, well, I don't think they, they understand this, which by the way, makes me think of all the people who are like, I've never once gotten in a fight with anyone. I'm like, okay, like you're not human. And by the way, even if that were true, what's the point of sharing that? Does it make people feel good? 
It's like people like me who do get angry. It's like, oh, cool. Like you never got angry. Mm. Or then there's people that are just looking at you like, wow, what an example. Like it, it's not helpful to be like my wife and I have never once fought. So even if that is true, it's still not helpful. Anyway, so Jesus, it says in, in John, it says, and when he had made him a scourge, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's exactly what it says, but it might be paraphrased, but a scourge is like a whip and he's using it with like leather, right? And so with these tiny little leather bands, think of like a, what's those thing called that, that they sold in Napoleon dynamite, like boondoggles or something. Think of that, but with like leather and gigantic, how long would it take Jesus to make that whip? that scourge. And, and what's he thinking about the whole time? Right? This is not a reactionary thing where it's like somebody cuts me off and I flip them off and, you know, tell them to go to hell, which sometimes I just cut people off just to see, you know, their reaction because I think they drive bad here in the state. But the point is, is that he wasn't like that. I, at least this instance doesn't show that Jesus was like that. This instance shows that Jesus was calculated, right? And there's the difference there. And, that, and that's what I'm working on is, is my immediate response uh, being anger. And I've done this with, you know, meditation and, and therapy, like truly therapy. Rachel, Rachel asked me to go and I've, I've tried to slow things down and, so I can see them come in more slowly, like these emotions. And when they do, I've, I've meditated enough, like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of meditation so that I can see these emotions come in faster than what I, I had previously, recognize what they are, pause and say, you know what? Um, this is anger and I need to take a deep breath here or I shouldn't respond here. And you can actually chemically, phys- or not chemically, but you can, you can rewire your brain right? It's called neuroplasticity that your brain is, is plastic. It's movable. It's changeable. And I have felt, I've literally felt it. It's not like this, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Like I've, I've truly have felt my brain change in how I respond to these stimulus, the stimulus of anger. And the other helpful thing has been to look and say, well, what's this anger telling me? And more often than not for me, it's telling me that my shame has been triggered. That you know, Rachel says something like, Hey, this doesn't taste very like, or, or she wouldn't say that. Be like, Oh, do you like dinner? She's like, uh, I mean, it's a little overdone. And my shame kicks in right where I'm like, Oh, I'm not good enough. And I'm learning that the answer isn't to, uh, just be angry. The answer is to reaffirm my worth. Those weird wrestling people are like doing a weird hug where she's like on him. Very strange. Interesting. But anyway, um, so I'm learning, basically I'm saying I'm learning those things. And I think about Jesus taking the time to make him himself a whip. And by the way, what what do you have a whip for just for show if you're not going to use it? So my, my point is Jesus was calculated in his anger and it was useful. He also says elsewhere, uh, think not that I'm come to send peace. I, I came not to send peace, but a sword, (laughs) He says, I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So, uh, and and, uh, you can pull in, you know, the Sermon on the Mount where it says like, I say unto you, be not angry with your brother, whosoever says, you know, raka or some crap, I don't know, some Hebrew word that I don't even understand, that no one understands. 
in Mormonism. They're like, oh yeah, rockets. Like, shut up, man. Anyway, the point is, is that Jesus contradicts himself too. So this is just one example, <laughs> but it happens all the time. Using the Bible or, or even, or especially the Book of Mormon as the only source of uh, truth is, it, you can't because it contradicts itself. And so you have to go with your own experience. And, and what does your own experience tell you? Uh, to me, that's the tiebreaker, right? What's your own experience? And you can say your own experience in life or your own experience with God or what have you. But I think that's a big, a big deal, right? I think it's a big deal that anger is expressed in the, in the church. In fact, um, I don't know where this note is. But uh, I have it in, in my little gospel library. It says, not all disagreement leads to dissent. Which is really interesting. One reason groups sometimes fail to succeed, Joseph Smith taught the council members, I think this is like the council of the 50 or something, was because in their organization, they never could agree to disagree long enough to separate the pure gold from the dross by the process of investigation. And what a good quote. You just run from anger, right? Like it's, no, 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 don't feel angry. Anger's bad. Where we need to sit with it longer and be content with sitting with it longer and not be afraid of it or ashamed of it or worried about it. It reminds me of this quote from James Talmadge where he says, the man who cannot listen to an argument which opposes his views either has a weak position or is a weak defender of it. No opinion that cannot stand discussion or criticism is worth holding. And it has been wisely said that the man who knows only half of any question is worth off, is worse off than the man who knows nothing of it. He is not only one-sided, but his partisanship soon turns him into an intolerant and a fanatic. In general, it is true that nothing which cannot stand up under discussion and criticism is worth defending. Now, that, that's separate. That's, I think, about the truth claims of the church and how people um, are afraid to even investigate the church being not what it claims to be, which I understand because there's a lot riding on it, but it also shows that you don't really have faith because you're unwilling to investigate fully. You have to keep your eyes closed. Uh, but I also think it relates to anger because it just shows the lack of willingness to sit with difficult emotions in Mormonism. And, and this is for all people. Okay. I know that, but it's first off, Mormonism is my community. It's whom I, who I'm around. People will often be like, well, why are you calling people out? Mormon people out. I'm like, because I live with Mormons and I only Mormons follow me or pretty much, you know, stuff like that. So I, I guess I just wanted to say that we need to be so much better about anger. And let me add this. There's a guy in particular I know who I taught seminary with who thinks he's a genius. And it's really frustrating. He's one of those guys that thinks he's like, in the middle ground. He's like, I see where you're coming from, but I also see where you're coming from. I, however, am perfectly in the middle, you know, uh, drives me insane. But, uh, this dude, he keeps saying things like, or kept saying things, who knows what he says? Cause I blocked him everywhere, but cause he just bugs. But this idea of, um, you know, one time when, when Mark's not angry, like things will be better. He's just so angsty. He's so angry about things. And I have so many thoughts on that. First off, he was specifically referring to my frustration at church leadership for what they did with the, the priesthood and temple ban. And my comment to that is why aren't you angry? 
I'm settled. Well, why? It's not, it hasn't been settled. It's like, I understand, I appreciate this idea of being like, yes, nothing, my faith will never be questioned. But, dude, this is a disturbing thing. And it's okay to be disturbed by it. It's okay to be angry by it. In fact, I would say that being like, wow, why are you still bothered? Like, you don't have faith. You don't trust Jesus. To me, that's like so disgusting and disturbing, right? And then the other thought being, you know, one time Mark won't be angry. And when he's not angry, he'll feel differently. And to that, I have multiple comments. The first one being, I'm not actually like, my tone might sound angry and I might feel passionate, but like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to like watch the office with Rachel and laugh, but she laughs easier than me. But like, I'm, I'm truly in a happy place. Like I had an amazing day today and I'm very happy. Like, and and so I can feel passionately and not be overtaken by this, this moment. The other thought is this discounting of, of my thoughts I'm like, no, dude, I'm still going to feel what I feel even when I'm not feeling as passionate or as emotional or whatever word you want to use. Like, my feelings aren't going to go away. I'm not blinded by my by my emotion here, even though I think Richard Scott said something like, feeling anger and trying to feel the Holy Ghost is like trying to savor the delicate flavor of a grape while eating a jalapeno pepper. I'm actually positive that's what he said. I, I'm still pretty good with quotes, even though I've tried to erase a lot of them from my mind. And some people might say, this isn't that big of a deal. You're making it into a bigger deal. I'm like, well, I, I think not speaking about it makes it a big deal. It keeps it, it keeps it hidden. And if you can't talk about it, then we can't heal it. And I will tell you, it seems to be a pretty big deal because the very first talk I heard after joining the church and the only talk I ever heard from Gordon Hinckley when he was president of the church was a talk about being slow to anger. That was the topic of his talk. And I remember thinking, this is the only thing I've ever heard this man as prophet speak. It must be from God. And so I internalized it deeply of this idea of being slow to anger, which is a good thing. But I felt so much shame because I'm not slow to anger. And people that I interacted with we're all Mormon and they were taught that anger was a bad thing. So I felt demonized and judged for feeling anger, even though I I wasn't afraid of it. And yes, my family has our problems. I mean like my mom and dad and brother and sister and largely from me, but we're, we're all pretty quick to get angry. You know, my dad and brother are maybe the shortest. Uh, I mean like they have the longest fuse, meaning it, it, it takes them longer to get angry than me, my mom and my sister but especially me. But the point that I'm making is we're also really quick to move on. So I, I think that's a gift. We feel it. We name it. We kind of move on past it and, and we talk about it and we get mad at each other. And man, I've said some things to my family and they've said some things to me and we move on and we love each other through it. It's not like this giant taboo thing. This idea that, oh, and by the way, I've, I've talked to a friend and it's so frustrating because uh, they keep mentioning how someone close to them in their life keeps saying, why are you so negative all the time? I wish you'd be more positive. And this friend is like, I'm actually not being negative. Like I'm actually still seeing this from a very kind perspective. I'm just talking about it. Like this idea that even mentioning these things is so evil and bad. And 
why can't you just see the good? It's like, well, time out. We can see both the good and the bad. I can be frustrated and I can love something. In fact, I would say that we only truly get frustrated at things that we love, right? Even considering like I get frustrated when somebody cuts me off, it's because I love the peace of driving without some guy with stupid BYU license plate cutting me off. Or it's, by the way, it's always the in God we trust ones. My goodness, they're the worst. It's because I love my freedom and then all of a sudden they cut it off, okay? That's where that anger comes from. Anyway, um, and then Monson gave a talk. And I, I actually really like Monson. I read something about him being largely forgotten already by members of the church. And, and probably because Monson just wanted to be this quiet little humble guy that would just serve people quiet, you know, like on his own and not get glory for it. But he had to be like in church leadership for a long time. And the whole prop eight thing he did was really, really, really lame. But I still think he did it because he was asked by his friend who was a a Catholic, like archbishop said, please, you have so many resources, please help us. And he's like, okay, like I believe in traditional marriage or whatever you want to call it. And also you're my friend and I'll help. Anyway, all of that, I, I mentioned that just to say like Monson is a, is I, I don't mind him. I, I don't like Nelson. I think he is a PR guy that just loves the spotlight. And also he's a polygamist. Like, and you're like, well, not in this life. It's like, well, eventually he's going to be a polygamist. So polygamist, polygamy is still Mormon doctrine and the president and first counselor of the church practice it. Anyway, my point is Monson gave this talk. I think his was called like slow to anger too, or something like that. And, and he t- told this story about this like couple on a long drive and they were frustrated and the dad got annoyed and he like, uh, picked up like one of his new baby's toys and like kind of chucked it the direction of his wife, but he missed and it hit the baby and the baby had like, he became special needs because of it. And, and like saying like, this is the path that you will go down if you're angry. And I'm just like, no, like that, that doesn't have to be the path. That isn't necessarily always the path. It might be, it could be, but I'll tell you, keeping your emotions suppressed is so deeply unhealthy and so common. It, it, it makes people just break down. And this image that I have of Mormons is like kind of like umbrage from uh, Harry Potter where they're like, mm-hmm, 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 like smiling through it. But deep down they're like boiling and they're just like, I do not feel emotion, just happy, smile, be of good cheer. Like, you know, and, and that's good. Be happy. Like, I really hope you'll be happy, but I just don't believe it's true happiness. If you can't feel all of your emotion, if you can feel your anger and still choose happiness, that is an amazingly powerful gift to choose happiness. It's not something that's thrust upon you, right? In spite of everything that that we do feel. So those are my thoughts on anger. I'm sure I'll think of a couple more, but I want to do my little meditation and, and watch the office with Rachel. So anyway, if you have thoughts, share them. Appreciate you guys always listening. Thanks for being on, uh, on my team still, even though a lot of people run away from it. I'm really not an angry guy. I'm a passionate guy, but I'm also very loyal and, and I'll be on your team as long as you're on mine. And 
if you cross me, <laughs> then it's not good for you. But not like I'm going to hurt you because I, I don't fight people, but I just, yeah. Anyway, I'll stop talking. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to a, a little impromptu episode of Monday School. I appreciate you um, continuing to listen. Please message me on Instagram. I love, love, love seeing what you guys think of the, the show. I love getting your ideas. I, I'm implementing them and I'll be talking about a lot of these topics you mentioned to me. I love to get your feedback. I love when you share it and uh, subscribe, all that stuff. As long as you guys keep listening, I'll keep doing this. Um, it's it's good for me too, and and I appreciate that. But it's especially helpful when you know people are listening. So, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs>